Welcome to the Tabor and Bethel podcast with your host, Michael Tucker. This is the place where we put the word of God in everyday conversation and build a community of strong believers. Now, let's jump into today's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We are glad that you actually came back. It's always great when you do. So on today's show, we are talking about value of self. In a society or in any age that we live in, it seems like the value of self isn't as high as what it should be. So on today's episode, we're going to dive into it and discuss why we need a better value of self. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and me and the fellas, we're going to dive in. So guys, stay tuned. We'll hop right into it. Alrighty, guys, we are back. We are back. So I want to introduce everybody on the show today because we got an awesome lineup. So I have Dr. Cortez Sims and I also have Mr. Kenneth in the building. Gentlemen. What's up, everybody? What's going on, radio land? <laughs> and nobody ever knows who they are. So we'll start with Cortez. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> That's Cortez. And now Kenneth. Hey, what's up, everybody? All right. So now we got the voices tracking. Bow, 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 bow. So how's everybody week going? It's good? Amazing. Yeah, man. Everything everything has been gravy. God's been good. Okay. It's been a busy week, I think, for everybody. It's been a hot week here in Georgia. Yeah, school just started this week for the kids. So, thank God I don't have any. Yeah, (laughs) hustle and bustle. Well, kids, kids are awesome thing. Kids are awesome. And I guess since we did bring up kids, how do you guys remember growing up in your respective areas of the country? So, I, I grew up in Georgia. So maybe it was different than Chicago, Arizona, than Miami. Like, how do you guys remember growing up being a family in? The topic of love, you know, like self love. How do you, how do you guys feel about that growing up? Did you have it? Did you know what it was? Um, for me, uh, I grew up in Miami, Florida. Um, in my household, you know, the love was definitely there. Uh, for the my early years, my mother was pretty much a single mother too. Um, yeah, I got married and then divorced, and you know we were on our own for a little bit. And um, in my high school years, she got remarried, and pretty much she's still together with my stepfather today. But um, I, I, the love was definitely there. But as far as um, how we've you know grown up as men and learned you know the love of the Lord and how we should carry ourselves as far as you know covering our family, our wives, and whatnot, I didn't necessarily get that. Um, I pretty much grew up in the, in the 90s, in the early 2000s as a latchkey kid. You know, mom had to work, and I was given the keys to the house when I was very young. So I was left to my own devices for a long time. So, you know, the support of being taken care of was there. But the, the nurturing and the, you know, stirring me in the right direction of do's and don'ts and whatnot, I pretty much had to learn that on my own. Okay. So... It was there, you know, my, whenever I was around my father, you know, he did things and showed me, you know, what the love of a father is, was. But, 
you know, that still lacks in comparison to the, the love that we get from the Father and how He nurtures us and cares for us and instructs us and disciplines and chastises us when we step out of line. I didn't get that kind of discipline when I was a kid because I was pretty much left on my own. But, you know, for the most part, the the covering of a child, you know, covering and making sure I, I was provided for, that was there. But, you know, aside from that, you know, I pretty much had to grow up on my my own in that okay. regard. I got you. Cortez, what about you? Well, for me, um, being raised in the uh, Midwest, they call it, in um, Chicago, Illinois, um, and born as a 70s baby, but raised in the 80s, of course, um, I would say that uh, love, it was definitely a big deal. Um, my mom and I, um, with a differential of maybe about 20 years, I can say that we kind of kind of grew up with each other. Okay. <laughs> you know, even though she was, she was in college, she was very popular. Um, when in junior college, she finished her cosmetology uh, license. We call it license degree trade, professional trade these days. And she was very popular. And being the single mother and then um, – just, I mean, not even a couple of years later, uh, she bumped into this amazing man that gave me my last name, and and then the rest is history with my sisters and brothers. Name name is the late Woodrow Sims. I lost him earlier this year. That came a component that was added to my mom's dynamic of family that displayed a lot of love because my mom's side of the family, um, there was a lot of siblings. Um, so I had aunts and uncles that were young, but we were made to respect them, and that's what love was. So we had this um, great um, um, example of this is your uncle, this is your aunt. And even though that later on I realized a lot of my uncles and aunts were no more than maybe four or five years older than me because it was a right. lot of children from my mom's side. But then my dad that came along, um, you know, it was only maybe about six to seven siblings that, that, that includes him that makes eight, you know. And so that 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 thing of um a dad was there um here's your biological dad across town and then you had this large family from your mom and then you have your um your 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 stepdads even though that we was also taught because love was just straight across the board um there was no such thing as stepdad you know as if somebody stepped in you know um okay. and did it you know we we put emphasis on what what was stepped in or like as an intervention whereas it was him just he just assumed the the responsibilities and was like this is the Sims family and so I was like wow so just those different things it was a lot of love um that was demonstrated as I look back at it also in Chicago at that time I remember um, having some African American teachers so I could relate to a wow having you know I could even remember the names we had um, a, a lady her name was Miss Ralston as a kindergarten teacher and it's amazing they say um the um the um the uh, community that was displayed um, at that time um, in the neighborhood displayed a, a lot of love and stuff because, you know, you, your parents made sure that whoever took care of them, this is who you take care of in, in lieu of me. This is my child named Cortez and stuff. So you know who Mr. Harry is at the at the, at the, at the grocery store at this corner. So there's a lot of different um, things that um, displayed love in community-wise and family-wise that made you be like, okay, so I'm hoping that this is what goes on in everybody's house. Right. And so by the time you get to school, you're hoping that the way you're raised, this is the way it's supposed to be, just to um, realize everybody's a little bit different. You know, everybody's dynamic is different. And then what they describe love is totally different as, as, a, ch- as a child. Yeah, I mean, I remember growing up in Newton, and it was me, my two sisters, and both my parents. And it was it was great growing up in the country because I got the chance to play with all my cousins, like every nice. Sunday or every Saturday. 
And to me, that was like one of the highlights of growing up in the country because we didn't really have a limitation to streetlights or get out of the street, car's going to hit you, right? Right. So I was always surrounded by family, and it was always a display of love, or more so what it felt like because I got to hang around these people all the time. And, you know, with my mom and my dad, you know, I think I felt like I had more love for my mother shown. I think women show love much more different than what men do. Right. So my mom, it was more of this is how you do it. And it had explanations and it had reasonings to it. My dad was more so of I thought you already knew how to do it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's how men we do. It It was like uh, I assume you already know how to do it. Right. So with love, I think I learned more of that from my mother of how to conduct myself. And I think my dad taught me more of respect of, you know, when you see someone that's older than you, it's yes, sir. Right. Or if it's not yes, sir, then it's no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Respect with love. I think those are the things I really learned when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's just the concept of love. Right. So we learned that love is going to work every day and paying those bills. And when I was younger, I don't think I really grasped that concept as much from my father. Right. Okay. And it was like, I don't feel like he loves me as much, but this man went in, went to work every day, sometimes overtime. Like, you never see them, but they're at work. Right. Making sure the lights stay on, making sure we got food on the table, clothes on the back. And as I got older, I see those situations as showing love. Right? Love is more than the presence action. can be felt. Right. There's and evidence of it. So my wife and I, Valentine's Day, we show love. It's flipping on a light switch and flipping it off. I love it. Opening the refrigerator, mm-hmm. closing it. As long as the electricity's on, it's love up in that piece. Let me tell you. I love it. And <laughs> right. to me, it, love is action. And that's what I learned to, I know, as love. But as growing up, self-love had a different level to it. Right. Right. So self-love, I knew, I thought I knew who I was, Right. I knew I was son of a minister. I knew I was I was Michael. I was one of 25 first cousins. But self-love, how, how do you guys define self-love? Like, what is self-love to you? What is self-worth? Oh, my goodness. Um, self-love to me has a lot to do with, uh, well, first of all, um, where the love comes from. So I would definitely say that self-love comes from the uh, revelation of what God tells you and then who God uses to demonstrate it. And then when you apply it to yourself, you have to um, ask yourself um, if this is what love does. So when you look at what, what love is supposed to do, which love is love is um, a verb, um, something that's, that's constantly being demonstrated. So it's the demonstration of how you give yourself respect, how you give yourself protection, how you give yourself permission how you give yourself, um, you know, an open gateway to um, be received as as being something original. So um, self-love is is definitely something that, um, you know, that needs to be um, done with great protection on on a regular basis. And if it's not something that you can do with yourself, then I think that's when you have to say, okay, let me stop saying that I love other people and um, because... I don't love me first. So I can at least have a, a nice standard. I have a nice um, platform to say, well, this is this is the way I demonstrate it because this is the way I do myself. And then I really, really um, perform it. So it's a lot of performance on what you do. And then 
um, that has a lot to do with um, what's important. And then, you know, we can go on and on and on um, what, 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 you know, what describes love and stuff like that. And so, yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Um, I'll piggyback off of that. Um, you know, for me, you know, who I am today, I, I've grown to understand that love isn't, it isn't just the words that you speak, you know, when you say, I love you to someone, or you, even when you say, I love you to myself. Um, we really have to come to understand the depth of what love is to really be able to do it and experience it because love is all about action, right? right? Um, I think it's, it's interesting that the, the scriptures say that uh, the first commandment is to love God with all of your heart, you know, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. And the second is to, you know, love others as you love yourself, Right. Your fellow man. But how can we love our fellow man if we don't love ourselves, Right. Okay. Because it says love others as you love yourself. So if you don't value yourself. Then you you'll turn around and devalue others because you don't have self-love. Right. You can can do that, that. Right. Now, if you don't know to love God or know how to love God, then it's impossible for you to know how to love anybody else. Right. Period. Not even yourself. You don't even have a chance. I mean, you're you're just living lawlessly, basically. You know, living however you see fit, but living however you see fit doesn't necessarily define what real love is because love, it protects, right? Love cares. Love covers. Right. You know, a multitude of sins. So, for me, you know, as, as a man, to, you know, who I am today, I had to grow and understand what love was. So that I can give it in the proper way. Um, you know, especially I learned a lot about love in, in my marriage with my wife. Um, we've been married now for about six years. We've been together since we were about 16. And um, I've known her since we were kids, since we were 12. So I've known her for a very long time. Right. And in and, and our relationship and the different, you know, trials of life, you know, I've had to learn different aspects of what love is. It isn't for me. It was always an emotional thing. Oh, because I feel like I care or I feel like I love, or if I don't care or or feel like, you know, I'm in a good space, then I don't have to show that love, but love endures or overrides emotion. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, when Mm -hmm. you love somebody, it doesn't matter how you feel. When you love yourself, it doesn't matter how you feel. Like if you want to, let's say for example, you're striving to accomplish something in life. You know, you want to strive for a goal. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's a hobby or something that you want to do. Well, if you really love that thing without even being pressured to do it, you're going to set goals and you're going to set things in motion for how you want to accomplish the things that you want to get because you, you're you so in love and depth with the thing that you're infatuated with, right? So you're going to work towards that thing. And working towards that thing doesn't really feel like work because it's a passion of yours. You you embrace it. You you love being around it. You love thinking about it. You love sharing it. You share it with others without them even asking, without them giving their opinion. You just talk about it all the time because it's something that's in your heart, right? So, you know, when I think about self-love, I think about, you know, our hearts, right? What's in our heart and what do we care about the most? Because whatever we care about the most and we spend the most time with, that's what we're going to focus on. So, when you care for yourself, you know, as a person, 
you want to look closely at the things that you involve yourself with every day, the things that you spend time with, because that's giving evidence to what you value, right? So if you value yourself, you're going to, you know, do things that are, are beneficial to your health and beneficial to the betterment of your 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 understanding and your mind as a person. So, you know. No, I agree. And I agree. And it's important to love yourself, right? Absolutely. Loving yourself, first off, a lot of people don't really understand love. And as you guys already said it, that's really the true definition of love. It is action. It's sacrificial. And anytime I think about love, I think about John 3.16. Love mm-hmm. it. So for God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son, whosoever may believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. So we see John 3.16, and we see the the best example of love ever done that will ever be done. Right. He gave his own life so that we can have opportunity to join him in heaven right. eventually. And this sacrificial love is the defining moment of self, self-love or the value of yourself. Mm-hmm. And in today's society, we don't have enough people who have found value in themselves. Right. Right. It seems like they're living for themselves, but they don't know themselves, nor do they love themselves. I agree. And over the past weekend, we had the two shooting massacres. Right. I'll call them the one in El Paso and the one in Ohio. In Ohio. I, I don't understand me personally how someone can do that and love themselves. I, I I don't understand that part for me. Oh, that's a whole different thing there. Um, you know, I feel like there's more. Whenever I see someone who can consciously takes, uh, take others' lives like that, I think that's definitely not love because love is not selfish. So when you can take something from other people that you didn't own and that you're not responsible for. You know, um, people don't own people. God owns people. You know what I mean? Because he created them. Right. So as a CEO, for you to take it upon yourself to take take people off of the earth, you know, it's definitely a selfish thing that's going on. And if you want to go even deeper, I think it's definitely um, works of the flesh and, and it's definitely demonic because those, you know, those different things is in the selfish mindset. I'm going to take away, and then I have no regard. I have no remorse for it. Yeah. So when you say love, um, it's, it's funny that um was not funny. It's, and I'm not going to say it's coincidental. F- for you to pick um, the scripture of uh, John 3, 16, I've been meditating on that for like the last three weeks, and I have a whole different look at it because when it says, for God so loved the word that he gave, love right. gives. Right. Yes. You know, so in relationships— um, I've been on this thing about relationships the last three, four years, and um, for so long we've been saying, well, in relationships we're supposed to, um, people have been saying it so wrong, and I just had to stop going along with because I used to say the same thing when people say, well, um, relationships is supposed to be give and take, and I said, no, that's why it's so dysfunctional in the first place. In relationships, you're supposed to be give and give. If I'm giving, the other person is giving, we're not lacking anything. Right. But if one person is doing all the giving, the other person is doing all the taking, then this is where it's one-sided. This is where you have this um, expectation. And when there's expectation, now you have disappointment. And then there's hurt. 
Now you have to do the forgiving because you didn't give it in the first place because, you know, you left somebody who were hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know, so when you look at for God so loved the world, I've never seen this before because we, we, we skip what says for God. So for the longest, I'm saying, okay, salvation, what God did, was that for the people or was that for God? And I look at it now, for the longest, I realized for that. For God. <laughs> right. It says it, for God. So um, who is it for? It's for God, and and because it's for God, what did He do? He so loved, past tense, that He, he did, that He did what? In re- reference to that, He gave, He gave, He gave a family member for people of the words that whosoever believe in Him, they won't perish, but they have life, uh, you know, ever, everlasting life. So as a benefit, if you guys receive this person that I gave, I did all that stuff for myself because God loves. So himself, absolutely, it's all about him, right? Right, I, I, I love it. Um, love it. One of my um, former pastors and leaders that I used to be up under back in Miami, it's a pretty decent, well-known church. Um, but the, the the gentleman would say that if uh, you don't worship a God that's not all about himself, I think you're worshiping a small God, or you're worshiping someone that you know. If, it, if it's not about him. You're worshiping the wrong God because if if whatever you're worshiping is pointing to something else, then you need to look into that something else. It well, should if, if it's if it's God and He's all about Himself, we were created for His glory. Correct. We were created to give Him praise. It's all about Him. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I had this discussion with my wife um, earlier this week, and pretty much, God is is omnipotent. He he's creator of all things, right? right? He he holds all he holds time in his hands. He controls the 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 weather patterns. He you know he created the stars, the moon. You know everything moves like the the way that Earth is positioned is in the the right place for us to have life, mm-hmm. right? To have oxygen, to have everything in in our ecosystem work together, right? All things working together, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> God holds all this power in his hands and he still refuses to do one thing. Like, I'm I'm not going to say that he can't do it, but he won't do it. There's one thing that God won't do, and that's make decisions for you. His his offspring made in his image. That's That's good. God has given us the ability to choose the things that we love, whether it's him or otherwise, right? Idols. Yeah, correct. But the point being is God so loved that he wanted to create, let us create man in our image, right? Mm -hmm. He created man and he created man to be glorified. He created man to be in his image so that we could worship him and we can honor him, right? Correct. So he gave us a choice to love God, to love him. Mm -hmm. Everything revolves in this, everything that we can think of or fathom of revolves around his love when it's done right. Right. And, and anything that falls short of that is a perversion because e- even uh, Paul talked about it. You know, I can be a teacher. I could be a great leader. I can prophesy if I have not love. You know what I'm saying? It was it was worthless. Right. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. The Lord himself even t- told us that, you know, if we bring a gift to the altar, but we have an issue with our brother, leave the gift at the altar Go reconcile with your brother, then come back and give your gift. Correct. You know, he rather there be like the 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 worshiping me is fake if you don't love your brother as you love yourself. If you love, Correct. Him, you love right? yourself. Right. 
So you literally have to demonstrate the love of God in everything that you do to give God glory and honor because that that love is going right back to him. He said, you know, when you do these things onto the least of these, you've done it onto me. Right. So when you, you know, if there's anyone that asks and you have the resources to be able to give and be able to help them in that need, mm-hmm. then you're loving the Lord. Correct. Right? Faith without works is dead. So unless we, and, and, and the works is the evidence of our faith. Yes. Yes, right? correct. It's the evidence. That's correct. So when we talk about love, if if this world really if we were really concerned worldwide, nationwide, community-wide, and the betterment of our society, we would be, as a people, more focused on love and loving others and making sure that everyone had what they needed. You know, I agree. The resources in the whole nine, because if we're self-giving and we're taking care of each other, everybody wins. It's only when we become perverted in that love and it becomes about us rather than it becoming about God. Because when we, when Adam and Eve fell from grace, mm-hmm. when they decided to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they decided on their own personal love. I'm going to do what I think is right for me, opposed to what doing what God said is right for me to do. Right, right. Which so, makes that selfish, right? Love, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's but that's one. Of, that's one of the points. That is one of the best points, though. Self-love, don't get it confused with being caught up in your own self. Correct. Right. Self-love is having a value of yourself. There is something about you that's so special. And it's not anything that we've done personally. It's not. God saw a people that he wanted to have a special people. Correct. And he gave his son for that people. And we have a generation of people now. It seems like they don't care of having a value of themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you are that special, you are that unique. I made you for my purpose. Correct. You know, even in Jeremiah, it says that I knew you before I called you. Right. You are already predestined. And we have a generation that they don't know themselves. Therefore, they can't answer to the calling of themselves. And so now we have a lost generation. You know what? I I, I, look, I looked at the article um that you know we referenced before this discussion and um talking about the suicide rates in, in the country and how things have increased rapidly over the decades i think uh and i could be wrong you know i don't i don't know all the answers but when you're more spiritually in tune with the lord and you know you you have more understanding of of what's going on in our society we see society taking god out of the equation correct right so we kick them out of our schools and we tell, you know, in public spaces that it's not okay to pray here or, you know, you, you're a Christian. Okay, cool. Keep that to yourself. You know, don't speak and, and try and tell me what's good for me when God says to go out into the whole world and give the word so that every man can choose for himself or every woman can choose for herself what's good for her or for him. Right. But when you take God out of the equation, you know, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on anybody. Right. I want you to choose me. And if you don't want me, then, you know, enjoy what the, the fruits of your own labor and see how far that gets you. And it's not a pretty picture. But to, to get back to the suicide rates and where we are today, it's like 
this generation is so distracted. We have so many different distractions around us, you know, from television to being on the Internet, you know, YouTube, movies, you know, video games. The gaming industry is huge. You know what I'm saying? We have so many different avenues of things that are trying that are fighting literally for our attention you know advertisement billboards you know you can't you can't even get on social media without being advertised to you know you might look up something on on google you know one day and you turn around and get on your social media and the same item or things that you were looking at online now they're in your feed you know what i'm saying being advertised right in front of your face so Got that tracking. the 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 attention span like we spend so much time online and social media and we don't the thing that I've learned about love is that and and even humanity because they go hand in hand as we were made for community we were never made to be alone God himself said it's not good that man should be alone right, right. so he, he needed to give us a helpmate a wife and even in that when we come together with our wives we create family we create community and when we create community, we bond with other families and we break bread together. We, you know, that's why the word says that we shouldn't forsake the, the assembly. We should always come together and break bread and, Correct. you know, be a body, right? God calls every single member that, you know, plays a different role part of the body. So, and that's the coming together. If, the, if we don't come together, there is no body. I, I agree 100% that we need a community focused more in the involvement of Jesus in everyday life. Right. And this is a question. Feel free to answer it. Or you can pass if you don't want to. Has our community gotten weaker? As in far, I guess as far as hey man, let me tell you about Jesus, or hey sister, you ain't got to do it that way. I know a better way. You ain't got to commit suicide. I know somebody who loves you. I know somebody who invested their time in you so much that he predestined you way before you were even born, called you with a purpose. Has our community? Has it gotten so weak that we don't do these things anymore? Absolutely, I believe that our, our community has become um, very, very weak because we've um, society has has um, has imputed in us become to become so distracted. Um, I think it's I think it's very um, diabolic, um, uh, uh, you know. Um, Centered for us to be so consumed with the the lust of the eye, all the things that we like, that it has consumed us so much that we don't have time to sit down and have the interest to be like, let me start dealing with my own personal development. And let me start dealing with my own image, if that's even important. Let me really, really start dealing with what family really is, as your brother Kenneth was was saying. Um, um, And why should I go to family family reunions? You know, um, why is um, having dinner at the dinner table with me and the mate or me and the kids so important? Because now we went from that to be a very important thing to now that eating out of a brown bag is is, is easier. You know that we are we've already eating eaten before we even get you know became the family that came to the table to you know have a nice dinner where we can take our time and we can talk and we can go over how the day went and how things went at school. Right. So. That whole um, thing has, has, has been very, very um, polluted, I, I would say. And so now um, the, uh, the, whole, the whole value, the whole core value and the whole, um, the whole uh, importance of, of coming together is, is definitely weakened. So by the time you get to talk about God, nobody is interested. But then when there's crisis, 
when there's a traumatic event and life is going to happen to us. We say, well, we don't want life to happen to us. I remember hearing um, Dr. Creflo Dollar the other day said, well, we have a lot of people who say, well, life happened to me. He said, but no, what we should be taking is our authority to say, no, I happened to life. Right. So, and But see, you can't say that if you haven't spent any time with finding out um, why was I even made in the first place? What were, why was I even born in the first place? Yeah. So if you say, according to Jeremiah, the, the first chapter, all through there, talking about, well, hey, Jeremiah, before before you even knew you, I, I before you was even forming in, in the belly of your mother's womb, I knew you. So if God had already had plans to say, okay, I got plans, this couple is going to name this person Michael Tucker. They don't know it yet. When they come together, by the time this day happened, because God is always foresight and God is always in the forefront. And so the whole community is definitely weakened, is my whole thing, because, you know, we don't have time and things have consumed us so much right. that, you know, when it comes to the important things, when it comes to the funeral or a wedding or things that, that are important, then we want to say, okay, okay, God is here or I need you, God. But why do we have to be in crisis mode? or in need or uh, in, in pain, I should say, for us to need him when we can just need him when things are going great, things are going good. I think when it's going great, people don't focus as much and they take it for granted. But brings it to my next point, and I'll direct this to you, Ken. Do we think that the church is investing in Christians anymore? Um, at large, no. You know, I think um, we do a really good job at, you know, having functions and, you know, conferences. In fact, we went to one recently, which was really good for building the faith um, and building men up. But at large, we do a really good job of putting on events versus investing in the well-being of the of everyone's soul. You know, the word says that the Lord wants us to prosper as our soul prospers, right? So the prospering part in us, you know, developing more, those things will come as we prosper in our spirit, right? As our spirit prospers, but how does our spirit prosper, right? If you don't know who you are or whose you are, you're not going to know who you are, right? The world that we live in today is an identity crisis. You know, when we talk about, okay, is, is the church doing what is necessary to build the body or invest in Christians, the evidence is in what we see in society, right? Right. If correct. more of us were actually doing, you know, if more of us were actually doing the work that the Lord set before us, we'd be shaking up a lot more things around the world. There'd probably be a lot, you know, for example, you mentioned the two mass shootings that happened recently earlier this, this week. They were unfortunate, you know, Prayers go out to the family, and I mean that sincerely. You know, we all need to come together, and even in our own personal time, to pray for the well-beings of the family, but more so the well-beings of their soul. Right. You know, do they know the Lord? And if not, Lord, make a way for them to encounter you, encounter who you are, and be made whole, right? But, for example, for the believer, we're not exempt from everyday life. We're not exempt from the violence that we see every day. We're not exempt from the things that are going to happen day to day. And we have to be out there on the front lines as far as being willing 
to put everything on the line to share the word of the, the gospel with our neighbors, with every you know people we encounter on the day to day. Now, it might not happen in you know passing by going to the grocery store, but if God presents an opportunity for a conversation to spark up, and that happens, by all means, share the gospel. I'm one to believe that it works best when you have some kind of relationship where your life can be seen versus, you know, just talking to a stranger and, hey, you know, are, do you know the Lord? You know, not, not nothing wrong with that because, like the word says, you know, some are to plant seeds, others are to water, Correct. you know, others are to reap, you know, others are to sow. So I'm not saying that we can't implant, you know, whatever your calling is, use mm-hmm. that gift and use, you know, work your purpose. But as far as us being able to affect change, the most important thing is change with the spirit, change having having the mind of Christ versus having the mind of the flesh, being carnally minded, right? Right. So until you have that transformation in your mind, you know, Romans 12, 1 says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's a daily thing. That's a consistent thing. It never stops right. renewing, always regenerating, right? Now, the physical aspect may not change. We still may have mass shootings. But if we're out there preaching the gospel and giving people, you know, giving the Lord salvation, which is a free gift unto all men, whosoever would believe. Correct. Right. Right. I might not stop the bullets being able to hit your body. But when your spirit leaves your body. Where does it go? You know where you're going. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not here to save the world. Christ already did it. And and here he, he said that. You know, be don't don't worry about what to eat, what to drink, what what clothes to put on your back. Don't worry about those things because God feeds the birds of the air. They don't toil, but he takes care of them. Right. Don't worry about what to wear. Solomon in all of his splendor wasn't dressed like the flowers of the field with the array of colors that God gave the grass of the field. And tomorrow they're going to be thrown in the fire. Right. Mm hmm. If God can take care of the birds of the air and and decorate creation with beautiful colors and array of different flowers and different plants and things like that, and it's going to be tossed in the fire, don't you think he cares about you more than anything else? The soul? 100%. So seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and his righteousness and all things will be given on to you. Mm-hmm. So the main thing is about Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, all these books point right back to him. It all He's at the center of everything. Again, Christ being God, being made in the expressed image of God, the physical representation of God. So, you know, when his disciples like show us the father, he's asking, how can you ask me? Show me the father. If you've been with me, you've seen the father. Correct. You understand what I'm saying? I, the father is in me and I am in the father. If you be in me, then you'll be in the Father as well. Right. Yeah. I am the vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Right? Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to be able to stop being politically correct, stop worrying about persecution, stop worrying about what people think about us because guess what? The world is going to hell anyway. Things are things are picking up, you know, every day as far as violence and you know, knowledge going here to and fro, prophecies mm-hmm. being fulfilled every day. We don't have time to waste. We don't. We don't have time to waste. And the, and the thing about it is we have to become selfless in the love that Christ gives. Because the gift of salvation is a free gift and it's the most wonderful thing that you can ever give anybody. Correct. Correct. Restoration between the creator and the creation. 
So if I give you nothing else, but you have the Lord through my testimony and the blood of the lamb, you're eternally grateful because you're eternally at peace once you have that salvation. Again, we face life every day, but when it's time to go, we're going home. We're going back to where we were intended to be in the first place, opposed to not knowing where we were and being lost. Correct. It's awesome. Closing remarks. Self-love. Well, I definitely want to um, encourage every listening ear for what you've heard um, to really, really just take some time and then ask yourself the question of how, how much time are you investing in your self-love? Um, how much time are um, are you giving away out of your, out of your 24 hours? Um, especially with um, every day, um, every day is a day that you've never seen before in your entire life, which is a, is a which is a good way to wake up and be like, oh my God. And then the understanding, if you go spiritual with it, if um, if every day is clothed with a brand new grace and mercy, which is renewed every morning, grace is something that you know that you did not deserve, and then mercy is something that you um, something that has been given to you that. Um, well, it's, it's not it's it's, it's 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 what is not being done to you that you really do deserve, and so when you deal with all of that, and you be like, "Wow!" So I made it to another date on the calendar, and how much? Look at how much God loves me, and look how much God um, the the spirit of His love. I need to start with me first. Okay. Um, before I start giving out an attitude or judging or claiming that this is going to be a bad day. Wait a minute. Um, because you were able to wake up, I think from that moment on, your, your self-love should definitely start. I think we need to really embrace that first. And then we'll be able to um, exhibit and give out the love that was given to us in the first place because we're not deserving. But God tells us, yes, you do deserve because in, in me you will live, in me you will definitely move, and in me you will have your being. Um, I would say... I would encourage anybody listening, you know, I'm not I'm not being sponsored by Blue Letter Bible, but I know that's an app that I use and it helps me to break down scripture. Right. So I would definitely recommend, you know, all the different scriptures that will be tagged in the podcast that you guys definitely look into it, break it down, you know, go back to the original text and, and really study. You know, the word says that we should study to show ourselves approved. And, you know, I had to go back and actually look at things that Paul was saying prior to the portion that we were looking at, just so I can understand context. Right. Because, you know, it says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Correct. Right? Right. So when you... Okay, those who are called to his purpose, who are they? Obviously those who believe. But we we know that the Lord has said harsh things, you know, like not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom. Right. Or many are called, but few are chosen. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would definitely recommend for you guys to go in and look and dig into those scriptures to really understand what I'm, the gist of what I'm saying here. But when the Lord talks about us knowing who he is and knowing him and putting time and, and intimacy and getting to, getting to know who he is, the more time we spend with the Lord and putting on the mind of Christ, which is knowing his word and knowing him intimately by his word the more his characteristics begin to manifest in our lives and the way that we treat people Mm -hmm. and the way that we love our spouse and the way that we raise our kids 
in the way that we communicate with other people, in the way that we freely give good things onto those who ask, or we just give good gifts just because God put it in your heart and is there. You 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 want to give and you want to enrich other people's lives. Correct. So I would highly recommend, you know, downloading uh, the Blue Letter Bible app, getting into the Word, breaking it down, and recognizing that. Mentioning some of the unfortunate things we mentioned in this conversation, we live in the world of sin, a fallen state. These fleshly bodies that we live in are temporary. They're they're condemned to sin because of the law. And Christ came in flesh form to condemn sin and the flesh in this form. But he was resurrected through his spirit to give us life again. He was the first fruit right before, you know, among his brethren for those who believe. Right. So. I find it interesting that in, in, in Genesis, the Lord said to Cain, sin lies at the door waiting for you. It wants to devour you, but you must learn to master it. And I kind of struggled with that for a long time. Like, how can I master sin, master this flesh? The answer is in by living and walking by the spirit. Because when you put off the flesh and you understand that we've died to the flesh and we become alive in Christ, now we have a choice, and God will always give us an out with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, the Spirit intercedes for us on our behalf without us even knowing. So if we Correct. follow and, and feed our spirit, man, and follow after the Lord, and we literally put to death the deeds of sin, we no longer walk in that, then you go from being the called to the chosen. We have a choice. <laughs> we can we can be the chosen. We don't have to, you know, just, you know, because many, many are called. Yeah, but not every, yeah. you know, we, I, I read the earlier, I read, you know, about the banquet hall and one guy got in after it was all said and done. And he was like, friend, friend, he didn't say enemy. He didn't say foe. Who are you? He said, friend. Yeah. How did you get in here? And you're not dressed properly. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And he's given us the tools and the ability to be able to love one another, to walk by the spirit, to fulfill the calling he's given us in our lives. And that's to love God and love people. If we do those things. We cover everything that the Lord has asked of us to do. Right. So I would, rec- you know, encourage everybody to, you know, study the scripture, continue to pray, you know, continue to ask the Lord to open up your eyes and actually, you know, study it and apply it to your life. Awesome sauce. So, guys, I'm going to link all of the scriptures down in the description so you guys can follow along. You guys can read these scriptures. You guys can ingest the word. If I can give you guys anything before we wrap up today's message is Jesus actually loves you. Amen. He loves you so much that he came down and he died for you on the cross. He gave his own life. He invested in you so much that you cannot lose if you accept him. If you allow him to be the savior of your life, you cannot lose. Guys, that's our podcast. I hope that you guys enjoy this message. Any questions? Guys, email us. We'll be here to answer any questions you may have. Guys, we'll see you next week.